Hello and welcome back to the Esquire Q&A podcast. Now today is a very special day for us at the podcast because it is the start of season three. Hooray! Yes, the podcast has proven so popular that we are back, bringing with us an entirely new roster of interesting guests that represent both style and substance. Two traits that us here at Esquire hold most dear. Now, as per usual, each week we'll be sitting down with a man or a woman who exhibits both style and substance and talking about their interests and figuring out what makes these people tick. Now, today is no different, as we will be delving in for the first time in this podcast history, I might add, into the motoring world. Yes, we have talked to artists, musicians, designers, hotel managers, influencers, gamers and more, but this marks our first ever discussion based around cars. Our guest today is Marcus Laith, who is the marketing manager of Infinity Middle East. He's in charge of driving, get it, Infinity's performance here in the region. He brings more than 20 years of automotive experience to the job, having previously worked for another motoring stalwart, General Motors. Today, we're going to go over everything from where the car industry is going, from both a design and a technological standpoint, as well as the elephant in the room, what the coronavirus might mean for the wider industry in general. But that's enough of my waffle. Why don't we start the show? I've already done a little bit of an intro. Okay. Um, but I always like to get uh, our guests to introduce themselves. So let's say, for example, you were at, uh, you were at a party. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't know anyone. Uh, how would you introduce yourself? Okay. Um, my name is Marcus. Marcus Leite, to be precise. Um, in the Middle East for nine years. Um, working in the car industry for more than 20 years. Um, and have the pleasure to take care of Infinity here in the region, as well as in Asia and Eastern Europe. Mm. Um, so, um, yeah, industry geek or car geek for a long time, so since since I was born, basically, and um, still loving it. So, um, I guess we'll address the uh, the elephant in the room, given given kind of when this podcast is coming out. I think that the car industry was one of the first major casualties because you saw kind of the Geneva Auto Show was one of the the, the big um, expos to kind of be, be kind of put on hold or postponed or cancelled, I forget. Mm. Um, and then kind of everyone else has kind of fallen suit. What do you think with regards to the car industry and what's going on? Is it so big that it can't be affected? Is it kind of a, a completely separate topic? What do you think? I mean, again, I think we are as much or as little or probably more as as much affected as, as any other industry that is is in a in a in a retail business if you want right um we were probably very early affected because our exposure in china is pretty big mm-hmm. um not only from a sales point of view but of course also from a production point of view many parts in the automotive industry are coming um, from china uh, already so what we have seen very early kind of was a complete decline of sales in in, in China. So from that perspective, we have a, I think a fairly good idea of mm. of, of the the length of of, of, of the impact uh, as well as the um, the impact per se, right? Mm-hmm. The quantitative uh, part of the impact. So yes, it is affecting us, but we also see already in China or places like Taiwan, etc., where things or Korea where things are already recovering. Mm. So I think this is a this is a time. Um, that is interesting for all of us. It's something that we haven't experienced per se, right? I think it's this black swan that yeah. people have always thought about that never existed, and here we go again. Um, and we have to go through, right? And uh, honestly, I think it's going to be time limited. Mm. Let's talk two months. Let's talk a little bit longer. But after that, I think things will recover again. It's it's nothing that 
I believe, at least from the current perspective that we have, that this is something that will um, trigger a major paradigm change yeah. of industry or something okay, like that. Yeah. I think we go through that. We will all have to kind of be be safe, kind of take care of each other. And after two months, I think things will go back to normal. Mm -hmm. At the moment, what we see is, yes, sales are declining because yeah. people have other worries, to be honest, and people don't want to be in public, which I fully understand. Um, we see kind of some production issues because some of the parts are not produced and, and this will take a little bit longer from a supply chain point of view and then it will go back to normal. Yeah. That's my perception around that. Yeah. Right, cool. So now we'll lighten the mood a little bit. Um, <laughs> where does, um, I guess for, for the few people in the world that maybe aren't familiar with Infinity, I guess where does it fit in in the kind of the wider car market mm -hmm. or how would you describe the brand to say someone who doesn't know anything about right. cars um I, I think um we are kind of within the nissan organization the premium brand um our um focus is definitely kind of an innovation um and what we try to cater to is people who are um the progressive challengers we call them so people who are more forward-looking more daring more kind of have their 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 life under control and and are try to challenge themselves on a daily mm -hmm. basis. And mm. what our um, cars are supposed to do is is really um, kind of help them in, in their, their daily endeavor of being daring and doing something different mm. and being on top of, of things. So that's what we are um, for 30 years now. So mm. we uh, last year we celebrated our 30 years mm. as Infinity. Um, and here we are for another 30 years at least. So that's our challenge and that's our aim. Well, I don't want to go too kind of hard talk on you with this this next yeah. one, but I think there's two words that I hear the most from every brand in the world. It is premium mm -hmm. and innovation. Mm -hmm. Do you have any kind of real life examples of kind of of that with the, with regards to like infinity? Sure, um, I, I think innovation. Actually, um, it, it's interesting to see that. Um, Many of the um, safety technologies, um, being lane assist or being forward collision warning, these kind of things were first in an affinity. So we have a very kind of interesting track record with, without going into deep too much yeah, into, yeah, into yeah, details. Yeah. I don't want to bore you with that. <laughs> a really good track record of, 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 of innovation that we brought in the past. Um, one of the things um, that we are focusing on, of course, now is is, is everything with electrification, etc. And we will be kind of one of the first ones to bring up some some new uh, technologies in that regard as well. So yes, this is something that um, I think we we have shown that the right uh, the, the right proof in in that, and we will continue to do that. And with with God Supreme and brands. Um, I think the way we are um, producing our vehicles, that the quality that we have in our cars. Um, also, the the opinion or the the equity that we have among mm. our customers and our prospective customers shows that we are a premium brand in that regard. So, um, that's I would I would describe it. Mm. So, how what's the kind of connection with with Nissan? Because I think that there's a few people out there who may be familiar with the brand know that yep. there is there is some affinity with regards to. Uh, Nissan, but don't understand it completely. Well, I, I think at, at the end of the day, Nissan is our our, our mother brand, right? So, mm -hmm. so we are all part of the Nissan um, family. Um, but like many other car companies, you have a more mainstream organization or more mainstream brand, which is Nissan, definitely. Um, and then you have a more premium brand, which which is Infinity. Mm -hmm. um, we are sharing some of the back office, for example. We are sharing some of the basic developments, um, mm -hmm. but then usually kind of within the development. Development process of a product, 
or of our cars, then we are going more into the more premium, the more high-end mm. components, the more high-end um, engines, for example, powertrains, etc. Um, of the uh, within within the development of is the, it like of a thing? Product. Do you do you kind of do you sit down at the beginning of the year and go, we're going to make a blue car, so you guys have to make a red car? Uh, first of all, it, 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 car development takes a little bit longer <laughs> okay, than a year, so yes, we're right. talking here five Fair. years, six yeah. years. Um, but yes, there is a certain, we are developing certain swim lanes, right? Where we are saying, hey, this is something that where we as the premium brand are coming out first and mm-hmm. then Nissan comes on second. Um, or there are certain um, aspects of the vehicles or features of the vehicles that are first exclusive to to, to Infinity before it's it's going more towards the mass market, like it does with with, with most of technologies, if, mm. if you think about it, right? It doesn't matter whether it's car industry or anything else. Usually kind of you're going with the, more exclusive brand kind of to be the first ones with the with technology and then yeah. kind of it triggers down the becomes more mainstream yeah, yeah. Want, right that's the same with with, with us actually mm-hmm. so so then does that kind of ethos does that trickle down into kind of like i guess company culture i think that the the stereotype of like the car industry is, is obsessed with productivity you know the, the assembly line is literally what is used yeah. to create kind of cars yeah. is, is that the same kind of in the industry or or is it actually just kind of very different than that you mentioned technology you think it's more like tech or <laughs> yeah well i think you have to, to to separate right you have to separate the r&d mm. um so so research and development area the engineering area which is probably something like that yeah. and then you have kind of what 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 i'm what my team and i we are doing here is is, is this the sales and marketing aspect yeah. of and there it's very different right i mean i think the, the marketing of, of 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 a premium brand is 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 pretty much the, probably the same with with not only within the industry but with any other jewelry or 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 fashion or anything else but mm. it's, that is premium oriented so i think there we try to make sure that we are focusing on the equity of our our brand that we are trying to focus on how can we be more how should I say? Um, more, more branded, right? Okay, yeah. And less on on kind of the 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 the, the, the focus always is okay. What does it mean for our equity? Rather than saying okay, how does what does it mean for our volume? So you will by 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 definition as a premium brand be always be kind of smaller on the volume and try to be better on your equity and, mm-hmm. and equity and that then generates mm. additional profit if you want or mm. this additional margins at the mm. end of the day i think at the end that's that's the goal kind of not focus on mass but f- more focus more on on um equity slash profit in yeah mm-hmm. so then kind of one thing that's always fascinating me in any industry where you have such like a long lead time as you said kind of a, a car gets developed over the course of five years mm-hmm. is how how can you possibly predict what is going to be popular in five years? Can't. So then, a, how does that's the fun of it? <laughs> yeah. That's the fun of it. I mean, that's that's something that people are always under, uh, kind of don't understand or kind of underestimate in in an industry, and this makes the the car industry so exciting. At the end of the day, we are making bets. I mean, multi billion dollar bets for something that needs to last for. If you say, hey, you know what, you you start now developing a vehicle that comes out twenty four or something like that. And then that car needs to last, depending on 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 what 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 brand you're in, for the next five or six years. So mm. I'm talking about vehicles that will still be on the road 2029, 2030. Mm. So you know you can't always be right, mm. and that's why the car industry is such a capital intensive industry at the end of the day, because very often you're wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have to live with it for a pretty long time. And yeah. that, that costs a lot of cash, right? And very often you're right. And mm. then that's 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 the the, the, the 
benefit of it. So that's why it's so important to have the right portfolio from a model point of view, from a country point of view, from every aspect point of view, because yes, it is a it is a very long term, highly capital intensive mm-hmm. bet that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And then you just need to make the best out of it mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah. So kind of with that, uh, with kind of the, the, the kind of, I guess, the length of time that people are with a car, uh, I'm like not so much tell you a story, but uh, I know a lot of people with very nice watches. You've got a very nice watch yourself. I know a lot of people who um, are obsessed with technology who spend a lot of money on tech. Uh-huh. Neither of those people nickname their watches or tech. However, I know an awful lot of people who give their cars names well, or nicknames. Why do you think that is? Well, I would disagree with watches. I can tell you a lot of people who have nicknames to their watches, okay. That's but that's a different story. Um I think that you spend so much time in the car, I mean, literally spend time in a car that it becomes at certain point for many people, it becomes part of the family. Mm. I mean, I know people who start crying and they have to take, give away their, their old car, yeah, right? Yeah. Because it is such an integral part of your daily life. I mean, all the, the fun times, all the sad times, all the boring times, all the crazy times that you, you live in a car and your car is always with you. That makes it a very, very strong part of, of of what you're doing of your daily life, and I think this is what you always want to achieve, or with 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 a, or this is what we uh, from the car industry want to achieve, right? Mm-hmm. To to provide a a tool that goes beyond the tool, be, that gives you an emotional attachment at the end of the day, that makes it an again part of of your family, like your pet, mm-hmm. like I mean, I wouldn't say like your children, but like your yeah. pet at the end of the day, somebody who is with you every day. Mm-hmm. And kind of go through the the, the 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 bad times and the good times, and kind of is always there for you. Mm-hmm. And that's I think that makes it then very personal sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And that's a fun part of it, you know. That's that's a fun part of this industry because mm-hmm. we are, on one hand side, it's a purely highly kind of developing, highly capital intensive, um, heavy metal industry to a certain extent. You know, if you go to have you if you have ever been to a manufacturing plant, you see there's nothing. There's, everything is pretty industrial, right? Yeah. But at the same time, you know, what you get out as a product is something that, as you just described, can be something very emotional and very way beyond that that pile of metal, mm. if you want, mm. that, that is getting you from A to B. Mm. So where do you think the, uh, we'll go a bit kind of wider now, where do you think the, I guess, the, the industry is going? Is it self-driving cars? Is it just, you know, everything is green, everything is powered by electricity? Can you even begin to guess what's going to happen? Um, I think the long term is exactly what you're saying. I think the long term is going to be electricity simply because it is the easiest way of energy that you can have. I mean, at the end of the day, it all comes down to electricity if you mm-hmm. want to, right? Um, and it's it's an infrastructure that is already existing. So no matter what the original source of your energy is, it always comes down to electricity at some point. At least it's the easiest way of doing because everywhere on the globe you have a plug somewhere, right? Or everywhere you can electrical engines yeah. is the easiest way of doing it. So just just from that perspective, I think electrical engines is by definition kind of the future. Mm. The timing of that I think is the is, is the interesting part of it. How long will it take mm. until it's there? And I think people were a little bit over a couple of years ago, people were a little bit overexcited and saying, Oh, everything is going to be electric by 2021, 2022. I think those people are seeing it a little bit different now, right? Yeah. Um, because there's so many unknowns, right? Mm-hmm. And there are so many with regards to where do you get all this electric, electrical uh, en- uh, energy 
or uh, where do you kind of get all those engines? Do you have the reach? Do you have all this kind of infrastructure ready yeah. that you can do it, right? It's easy to have a mobile phone and you plug in your mobile phone, yeah. but you know, a car is a little bit bigger than a mobile phone after <laughs> yeah, all. I'd say, and yeah. it's not that easy. And induction on a on a mo mobile phone is a little bit easier than on a big truck at the end yeah. of the day. So from that perspective, I think there's a lot of things that if you have a second thought and third thought that we have in, within the industry, you realize, well, it might take a little bit longer. Hmm. But I think it's going to be there. Same with, with autonomous driving at the end of the day. I think that we were all super excited by let's call it other brands that kind of came up with all kinds of exciting ways to do it. And everybody thought that in two years from now, everybody can can be in an, an autonomous car. Yeah. We also realized there it takes a little bit more time because it's a little bit more complicated to mm -hmm. kind of make that happen. And, and also, again, we can we can even talk about from a society point of view, insurance cost, right? Who is responsible at the end of the day when there's an accident? Yeah. Is it the car? Is it me as an owner of the car but I have no impact? Is it the mm. programmer who programmed the car accordingly? Ethical decisions, kind of, if you're going into, into a potential accident, what is the car programmed to do? Because at the end of the day, the car is only as smart as programming that has been behind yeah. that, right? And but this programming can then make very ethical decisions mm. for you that are kind of unpredictable or are predicted by a programmer. Yeah. So whose fault is it? So there's a lot of discussions and a lot of things that, that go just beyond, hey, I put in some 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 features and some gadgets into, into a vehicle and off we go and, and everybody's happy as a sitting in the back watching TV while you, we go from A to B. And I think that's what we realized again in, in this regard as well. It might take a little bit longer, but I think at some point it will it will happen. Well, it's, it's super interesting because again, there's a lot of, there's a lot of discussions about artificial intelligence. Mm. I would say 99% of that is theoretical. Mm. Whereas with regards to self-driving cars, it can't be theoretical because if there's a family of four in one car and someone steps out the front, what's the car supposed to do? Exactly. Does it hit the person and save four? Or does it? And, and I think that those exactly. are some really some really big moral conundrums that exactly. I'm not even sure that we as a society are ready to, to start making. Exactly. And who is at the end of the day making it? At some point, somebody will make it. And at some point, probably it's some judge in some kind of in some court case mm. that will have to make that, 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 that court ruling. Until then, we need to see what, what's happening. So, so I, I, again, I think there's a lot of things that are possible by technology, yeah. but not always that easy to kind of transfer, transition into a ethical societal execution, if you want. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. So, so kind of I was talking to, um, I was talking to uh, a good friend of mine over at Uber uh, a little while ago. Um, it was just after they picked up Kareem. Mm -hmm. um, you'll see where I'm going with this in a minute. Um, and I said, well, you know, now that now that Uber has acquired Kareem, you guys don't have any uh, competitors. And his response was, we never saw Kareem as a competitor. We saw car ownership as a competitor. Mm -hmm. So what do you think with, with regards to kind of, again, I don't know if you're familiar with kind of what Uber and Kareem, what they want to do, but they obviously they want to connect a city, flying VTOL, aircraft, scooters. I mean, they're already causing chaos around kind of the streets of right. Paris and the UK. Do you see things like car ownership going away? Um, I'm just trying to come up with a, with a nice example. Um, you own a house? Uh, you rent a house. Yeah. Airbnb could be kind of your solution for everything. Um, you own a lot of things still that you don't need to necessarily own anymore if, if, if you want if you didn't want to, mm -hmm. but you still do, right? Mm -hmm. I think the same will, will happen with cars, uh, especially, don't forget, not everybody is living in a big urban area like we do here, maybe in Dubai or, mm -hmm. or you do in, in New York City or, or God knows where. 
um, where it's, I think, yes, maybe the number of car ownership will, will, will go down at the end of the day. But if you live in some suburbia in the Midwest or if you live in some any other suburbia, I think mm-hmm. the, 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 the car sharing or uh, is, is, is not that easy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there will always be the people who still want to own something, right? There is always to be people that who want to be, as we talked just before, right? The kind of the emotional connection that you have yeah. to your car. You will not have this emotional connection to Uber mm-hmm. or to Kareem or yeah. to any other competitor that is out there because it's it it then breaks it down to the to, to the pure tool of going from A to B. Yeah. Right? Um, as soon as you have a connection to that, as you as soon as you want to have a, a more, a, an emotional connection to something, you probably want to own it to a certain extent. Whether the owning is I own it and I bought it with cash or I, yeah, yeah. I have some service agreement or blah, 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 all these kind of kind of aspects of owning owning in the definition of owning kind of having an exclusive access to that product mm. for me is owning if you want mm. um is is, is is to be seen right mm. but i don't think that everybody will go or, or, or there's still people who, who have private chats right why <laughs> do they have private chats when they could still sit in a yeah. commercial chat why or, do you want or, people or, on yachts you know they don't, yeah. or buses always existed right not everybody's using buses yeah. uh, not everybody's using taxis etc etc so so i think from just from that perspective i'm not too concerned worried or i don't believe that eventually kind of everybody will walk away from mm-hmm. saying i don't want to own we, we are going to is it going to be a higher proportion is there less and less people who are who want to invest the time to to get a driving license or is the driving license not as important anymore as it was maybe 20 years ago or 30 years ago when you know you turned 18 or 16 depending on where you're coming from and the first thing you wanted is a driving license maybe absolutely yeah. mm-hmm. but that's the time of that's a sign of life or time. This is a sign of times like like with any other industry that's out there. Mm. Um, and so from that, that perspective, I think we are not different in this regard than mm. any others. So what about kind of you mentioned before uh, kind of Dubai. Yeah. Um, do, do kind of car tastes change by region? As in like, is your average, your typical kind of uh, infinity buyer in Japan the same as one in the US, is the same as one in the Middle East, is the same as one in Europe? No, they are, they are different. Of course, they are mm. different. Uh, I mean, at, at the end of the day, we, we, we try to cater, of course, we, we can't differentiate our product to yeah, the same extent especially. like you can chocolate, right? I yeah. mean, if, if I'm from one of the big chocolate producers, I can make it a little bit more sweet here and a little bit less sweet here and yeah. a little bit more cocoa there and a bit less here. You can't do it with, with a car, right? Mm-hmm. But you have certain regulations, of course, that they require you to do differently. You have certain um, regulatory, I, I wouldn't say even, even if it's not kind of laws, but, but certain like fuel price, you know, fuel price is an extremely important aspect of, of what kind of cars you want to buy. Mm. Um, a, your, um, um, the size of the cities, the, 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 the space that you have in certain aspects is, 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 is very important. So yes, you do have different customers in different regions simply because your environmental dimension, your environmental influence is a different one. Yeah. In, in Europe, I mean, I, I drive a QX80, which I love here. I would not drive that car in Switzerland or in Austria, right? Because it's, it's, a it, it's a bit big, right? Yeah. And, and, and from that perspective, I would probably not even find a parking space. Mm. Um, here, I want to have a big car because the environment kind of um, mm. is, is, is the right one for a big car. Mm. Um, and and that's, that's probably the same with, with any, uh, any other products as well that we, are, we, we have in our, in our portfolio. So, yes, there is a difference, but I think it very often the, 
the difference is is more driven by the um, regulatory necessities that you have around there, fuel prices, mm-hmm. size, blah blah blah. Then, then it is by the genuine. Hey, I I, I love to drive it the smallest car possible, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 you yeah. don't do that. You, yeah. I think everybody eventually would like to have a bigger car. It's just if you're in a small street in in in, mm. in Rome or Milan or something like that, it's probably not suitable. Mm. So then, would would you kind of st- obviously stereotypically, uh, we say the Middle East loves its big cars. Would you agree? Yes. Do, you, do you see that from yes. kind of yes, 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 yes. Um, they do. We do simply because we have the infrastructure to allow for it. Yeah, fuel prices as well, big roads, parking is not mm-hmm. an issue usually. So, so all those kind of criteria that usually force you to own a smaller car mm. is not existent here, mm. and therefore, yes, people drive and love to drive big mm. cars. Okay, well, those that was the uh, that was the easy bits. Now we're going to talk <laughs> a little bit about yourself. Oh my gosh! Were man. you were you kind of you work in the car industry? Uh, when you were a kid, did you have pictures of cars on your wall? Yes. Yes. Um, I was the worst, actually. Um, I, I, I always make, make me tell that story when, when my grandfather wanted to to go with me to the zoo. I said, "No, I don't want to go to the zoo. I want to go to a parking lot <laughs> because in the parking lot in front of the malls, I could see cars, right? Yeah. And I knew them all. And and my my aunt was always super super excited. Oh, this this guy is going to be a genius because I knew all the cars when I was three. I couldn't read properly, obviously, but I knew all the cars out there. Mm. So from that perspective, it was clear that eventually I should go probably into that that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, as 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 it is, as a teenager, etc., you lose a little bit kind of that. You 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 get different interests, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But kind of, I I finished my studies, and then I said, well, you know, what was it that I always really wanted to? What was it that I always really wanted to do and really loved? And was cars, right? Mm-hmm. And I still knew all the kind of kind of just by pure interest, I knew everything about the cars, you know, because. Mm-hmm. It was part of me, and and so it was just natural that I would get into this industry, right? Mm-hmm. It was it was not even at that time it was not even at that time I'm that old, hope, uh, but <laughs> even at that time it was not that that kind of the most exciting industry, right? We were talking about telecoms and consultancy and God knows what, but I said, hey, no, you know why why wouldn't I do what kind of I always loved to do? Mm-hmm. Kind of, why wouldn't I go with the product I always loved to to be engaged with? So yeah. Here I am. <laughs> so, what was your? Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, what was your? What was your first car? My first car, actually, you know, it was interesting that as a student, because I lived in uh, in Vienna, which already by that time was 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 a big congested city. Kind of, I never had my car a car as a student. Um, and I also have to say, my my second big um, um, thing that I love to do was traveling. So. Mm-hmm. So when my parents told me, hey, you, you can either have after university or even before university, I said, hey, you want to, we, we can, we can, and there were nice, nice parents. I said, hey, we, we can give you a car or we can give you a round the world trip. I said, hey, round the world trip is what I want, <laughs> right? So, okay, I have to say, so from that perspective, kind of, this was my second love. And, 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 and so my first car was actually when I started working in the car industry and I, I started working for the Austrian importer of Mitsubishi. And so I had a Mitsubishi Lancer. Mm. Looks pretty much the same like the Mitsubishi lenses you see out there today. Um, I was racing that car pretty, pretty, pretty hard. So <laughs> I was probably the most scary Mitsubishi Lancer driver in Austria. Um, but that was my first car. And actually, I loved it, you know, because maybe it was my first car. And here we go back to the emotions, right? So, hey, that, that, that car was, was with me with all the all the adventures and, and trips as a, that you do as a 20-something-year-old. So cool car. I still remember it. still love it. Mm. I still have pictures. It's not like in front of my bed, but still <laughs> so what would be? I, I mean, I guess obviously you may be slightly biased in this. What's what's kind of your dream car? 
outside of maybe an infinity what's what's the thing that you would just you you love to have in your garage okay outside of infinity obviously because otherwise it would be an infinity um i like those cars that are not the usual right um i would want to have a vintage car that is not a vintage car because i'm not good in fixing cars yeah i'm stupid you know, okay left yeah, fair enough, fair enough. left hand and left hand and not because i'm good on left hand but i'm so bad on the right hand yeah, so, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, as, as a result i and for me the, the, the car that i really like in that regard as a complete crazy car would be something like a morgan right okay yeah yeah, yeah. which is lovely you know and they just brought out the new morgan which looks exactly like the morgan of the 30s the 40s right yeah so um i, I like these kind of things that mm. the quirky ones you know the mm. They're not perfect ones. I think perfectionism or the, the, the go for perfection sometimes can be pretty boring. And, yeah. and and sometimes, you know, you as as you as you usually kind of love the things that have a little bit of a quirk, um I think it's sometimes the same also with cars. As mm. at least as a if the car doesn't need to be your daily tool, right? So as uh, yeah, a daily yeah. tool, I would always still like my infinity because <laughs> it brings you safe from A to B and then it is it is the the comfort and the safety yeah. and et cetera, et cetera, of that, that you want on a daily basis. But you know, if if on those weekends when you want to do something mm. crazy, having something like that in the garage would be fun. Actually, mm-hmm. so yeah, you have a weekend car, in a way, day car, weekend. Yeah, exactly. Car. For the for the just for the fun days when you yeah. just want to be a little bit crazy, right? I'm not sure I fit in the car, but that's a different story. <laughs> they, are, yeah. they are pretty. Um, uh, they are pretty small. Yes. Uh, what kind of advice would you give to someone who kind of wants to go into the car industry who is interested is maybe just out of uni um or just c- kind of wanting to wanting to get into it mm-hmm. was there any any advice you'd kind of give them i think it's like with every industry try to i think it's always super important to be passionate about what you're doing right um if you want to go to the car industry because you heard somewhere that this is a cool industry and you mm-hmm. don't have a passion for the product i think it's hard mm-hmm. uh, like it is for any other industry um and I think the car industry, that the beauty of the car industry at the end is, as, 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 as we said before, right? It's this combination of having this highly industrial product that kind of is highly com- capital intensive. But at the end of the day, you sell something which is extremely emotional. Yeah. Um, and if you don't have kind of the, the feel for that and you don't have the passion for that and you don't understand that and you don't get that. Uh, it will always be hard for you to be in that industry. If you if if you are exactly like that and you say, hey, it's so cool that you have on one hand side all these aspects of, of an industry and the product itself is something so highly emotional and I love about that and this is the the, the, the fun part of it, then yeah, go for it. You know, it, it's 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 a very rewarding industry from that aspect because everybody knows about cars. You know, there's many other products out there that. Mm-mm. That you don't talk about that much, but mm-hmm. you know, if, if you're saying and, and still is, I mean, mm-hmm. it was much even more kind of 10, 15 years ago, but still is. If if you say, hey, you work for a car company, it 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 it's it's automatically becoming a talk because everybody has a view on cars. It might yeah, not always be a positive view, but yeah. everybody has a view on cars, mm. uh, and that's the fun part of it, right? So you you automatically by working in the cars, you become an ambassador of this industry. Mm-mm. Which is fun, you know? Mm. And then I never get tired of that. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Don't get into it if you just want to drive a cool car. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. And if you say, hey, I, I get a car for free. No. You know, if, if that's all <laughs> you, that's the only reason why you want to go there, then you might find some others that are more suitable. Yeah. Well, perfect. Um, I guess kind of, uh, well, one of the last questions I kind of want to ask. Um, 
is potentially something that most people don't know about you? Oh, um, I love to cook. Yeah? I'm a terrible, no, I'm not a terrible cook. I'm a very adventurous cook. Okay. Um, so people who are invited to my place and I'm saying I'm cooking, um, and they haven't been there before, they don't know what they, they can expect. And it's usually it's something scary because I'm the kind of cook that goes to a farmer's market or goes to a place and buys everything crazy that I can find and exciting. <laughs> come home and then I find this pile of stuff and then say, okay, now I make something really interesting out of it. Mm. And as it always is, you know, sometimes it gets really great mm -hmm. and very often it gets really terrible. And sorry, you know, I don't <laughs> take any prisoners. People still have to, to finish it up. What's I mean, the go-to always... go dish? Or again, or is it just completely... It, it can be anything. You know, it can be some, some, some crazy fish I find somewhere and then <laughs> I try to make something out of it. Or sometimes I, I came home with a with a big octopus, right? So huge octopus. And then oh, well, what am I doing with that damn thing? So, well, I'll find something to make out of them. Mm. And then I have those very secret kind of ingredients from tamarind to miso to all kinds... You can do you can do a lot of crazy things by just mixing a lot of stuff together and mm -mm. thinking that this might mm. go well. Mm. Um, and then so that's that's something. So that when you announce fun. when you announce to your family that you're going to cook, are they happy, or are um, they are they? That's you. You then see very quickly the the adventurous part of the family and the not so adventurous part yeah. of the family. The adventurous part of the family is saying, okay, it might be crazy, it might be a crazy ride, but hey, we are, we are in for it. And the not-so-adventurous part of the family is saying, oh, really? Again? <laughs> so can't you just go to the barbecue and light that one up? And <laughs> carefully, even on the barbecue, can do a lot of crazy stuff. So even that can, <laughs> can go really, really bad. Um, so, yeah, that's my, um, as I said before, you know, I'm not a, I am a creative person in mind, but not kind of, I can't translate that into yeah, yeah. my hand because I'm not very good from a motorical point of view. So I'm not a good painter, yeah, yeah. but I'm good in with, with photography, I believe, I hope. And, and the other way of kind of living my creativity is through kind of cooking crazy stuff mm. and hoping for the best. But, but still a better driver than necessarily a cook. Um, um, Maybe a safer, <laughs> a safer I, driver. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> a safer driver, absolutely. Yes, All right, perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, thank you very much um, for joining us. Um, and um, we're working on something quite special with you guys as well, an Esquire. And we're going to link that in the summary box of the podcast. Excellent. But thank you very much okay, for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So that has been another episode of the Esquire Q&A podcast. I do hope you enjoyed it. And if so, remember to leave us a comment. Or if this is the first time you've listened in, then please do hit subscribe. Also, let us know what you thought. Your feedback lets us narrow down the type of guests you love hearing about. So if you have an opinion, good or bad, do get in touch via our large number of social media accounts, all of which are listed in the summary box in this very podcast. So until next time, bye-bye.